Where has all the money gone? We're going to dive into the COVID-19 disaster relief loans. What's going on with those? Plus an update on the podcast season six coming up in May. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Steve Freeman podcast, the real raw truth about the pursuit of success in music, business, and life. Here's your host, hit songwriter, multi-platinum selling producer, and serial entrepreneur, Steve Freeman. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Steve Freeman podcast. Good to have you here. While you're here, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcast or iTunes. Be sure to leave us those five stars as a rating and leave a written review. We really appreciate it when you do that for sure. Make sure you're following me on social media at the Steve Freeman everywhere on uh, social media. And the podcast brought to you by Artist Development Academy. Get the information, access, and guidance that you need to take your career in the music business to the next level with online courses every month, a complete online course library you get instant access to. Plus you get access to the members only forum, the live stream events, everything, everything you need to know about growing your career right there at artistdevelopmentacademy.com. All right, guys, I want to uh, talk because I've been getting some emails and some DMs uh, from a lot of you guys about the uh, the paycheck forgiveness loans and the disaster relief loans, how that's applying to singers, songwriters, uh, performers, because I know there are a lot of you that that have some questions. So I, I reached out to my banker and I said, look, I need to know how this is working. Can you give me some details on what I can share with my audience about what's going on? There are a lot of misconceptions out there. Look, the, the thing's already out of money. All right, three hundred and what fifty billion dollars is already gone. Um, I do want to look a little bit today at where a lot of that money has gone because I know for a fact that it has not gone to people that honestly need it the most. There are some of the largest companies in the United States that are benefiting from these loans. And look, I'm not going to say that they don't need the help, that they don't need the assistance, but I do know that small business owners, independent contractors are the backbone of this country. Singers, songwriters, anybody that's an independent contractor. I mean, if you take up, when you look at every one individual, yes, it's a smaller economy, but when you add up all of those things together, then it makes up a very, small business makes up a very large piece of what keeps the United States economy driving and moving forward. There is one big, huge misconception that she told me about that, that I was like, oh, wow. Well, I would imagine that not a lot of people know that. Then I started doing some research and even larger small businesses were under a misconception of how this is actually working because they're not getting the funds. And now the overall fund is out of money. And then of last night, just as soon as last night, Sunday night, um, the Senate is going back and forth over an additional $370 billion deal for coronavirus small business loan programs. It would allocate another $310 billion for the Paycheck Protection Program uh, and then set aside $60 billion for rural and minority groups. Now, one of the things that I talked about with my banker that I wanted to get out there and make sure that you guys understood, if you are in the process of applying for one of these loans, 
um, and you haven't heard anything or you haven't gotten it, gotten the money or you don't exactly know what to do or uh, you're filling out the paperwork wrong. I will tell you, there are a lot of people that are filling out the paperwork wrong. Here's something I did not know that I thought was was pretty interesting. Most of us that own small businesses, we do not hire and have quote unquote employees, right? We use independent contractors. Why? Because having employees is a hassle when you have to deal with the insurance and you have to deal with with the unemployment insurance. You have to deal with all of the different things that come along with having regular W-2 employees. It's a mess. I did it once. I'll never do it again. It's, it's, it's just it's horrible. So most of the people in my line of work, we deal with independent contractors, even people that that work on this podcast or that work in my production business. They're all independent contractors because it's just easy. It's easier that way. However, there are a lot of small businesses that even even restaurants and things like that, there are at times when a lot of these businesses are hiring independent contractors instead of making them employees and their business and making their business move forward and continue to to make money, earn revenue, show a profit, whatever relies on the employment, if you will, of independent contractors. A lot in, in the music business, a lot of bars, uh, when they hire musicians to come in and sing and play, it's an independent contractor situation. You are not employed directly by that venue. Well, under the Paytech Protection Program, if you are a small business and let's say it's you are the owner of the small business, and you have five, three, four, how many ever? Three, four, five, six, seven, ten independent contractors that do the work, whether they're salespeople or whatever. A lot of car dealerships do this as well. Their employees are independent contractors. Um, here's what most people don't know about this program. If you are a small business using independent contractors, you are not allowed to use that money to claim as a part of the paytech, uh, Paycheck Protection Program. So let's say you have a, uh, you know, you 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 pay out ten thousand dollars a month to independent contractors to keep you that, that are doing the work that keep your business alive. That does not count under the Paycheck Protection Program. Now let me walk you through a scenario of here's how this is working. The SBA and in determining your quali- your qualification or your availability to receive these funds. They are basing all of that, if you're a small business, on line 31 of your latest income tax statement, your your taxes. Basically, what this means is I'm just going to shoot out some round numbers here because I'm horrible at math. I've said it many, many, many times. Horrible at math. So let's keep it easy here. And I'm not saying this amount just because it's it just it's easy. Okay, so let's say that you own a small business and you brought in $100,000 for 2019. What the SBA and the government is looking at is line 31. That is your net income. That means if you made $100,000, but you wrote off $80,000, and inside that $80,000 is you you paying your independent contractors that's uh, writing off for your business space or your lease or all of the things that you are legally allowed to write off on your taxes as business expenses. A big part of that is independent contractors, right? Well, what they are doing is taking that hundred thousand dollars 
And then they're looking at all of your write-offs, including your independent contractors, how much you've paid your independent contractors that help your business thrive and do the work. They are subtracting your deductions and line 31 is your net. So when you're trying to figure out what you're actually available, what what you're eligible for, you're not eligible to say if you put in your deductions that you paid, you wrote off 80,000, let's say 60,000 of that went to independent contractors that work for your business. You're not allowed to use that $60,000 and saying that's payroll that you pay people to help run your business and pay employees, even though they're independent contractors. So what they're doing is looking at line 31, which is your net income. So if you made $100,000, but you wrote off $80,000, then they're looking at your business as having a net income of $20,000 a year. What they're then doing is taking that $20,000 and dividing it by 12, which is $1,600 roughly. Then what they're doing, and I'm doing this because I want to make sure that I get it right. They're taking that $1,600 and they're multiplying it times two and a half, which is $4,166. That is the total amount of money that you would be eligible for under the uh, Paycheck Protection Program. Now, I've read many articles because th- there was, there's some huge misunderstandings that were going on because, let's face it, this whole thing was pulled together very quickly. And so a lot of businesses did not understand. I know that in my business, I'm in, I, I pay independent contractors. I do not have employees. But when I think in terms of payroll, I immediately think of my, my independent contractors because there are certain areas of my business that I outsource to what I consider my employees, even though they're independent contractors, that's payroll to me. If I produce a record and, I, and I'm hiring the guy that's going to mix the, that, that's, I, that's money that I have to spend out of what I'm making to pay people to help my business continue to move forward, even down to the players I use on sessions. It's independent contractors. So a lot of businesses were thinking, oh, okay. If we look at what we pay out every month in payroll, independent contractor or not, here's the amount of money. So let's say in our little scenario, $60,000 of your $100,000 went to paying people that work for your business as independent contractors. You're thinking, okay, I take that $60,000, I divide that by 12, my payroll is about $5,000 a month, right? And then you take that $5,000 a month and you multiply that times two and a half, That's twelve thousand five hundred. Okay, so that helps me allow me to continue doing business, allow me to continue to pay my independent contractors to help my business continue to grow without losing all this money due to the pandemic. But that's not the case. What they're doing is looking at line thirty one. That is your net income. So again, in our scenario, if you had a small business, independent contractor, small single member LLC, whatever, doesn't matter. You brought in $100,000, but you wrote off $80,000 in expenses, which is normal. Hey, look, we all write off every single little bit that we can possibly uh, write off to keep as much of our money in our pocket as humanly possible. Nobody likes giving the government any money. Hey, the government doesn't like giving us money. So we try to hold on to it as much as possible. The way they're looking at your business income and revenue is based on the net. So. You made 100,000, you wrote off 80. The government thinks your business makes $20,000 a year. And under the 
Paycheck uh, Protection Program, that would mean that you are eligible to apply for $4,600 total. And in in our scenario, if you look at you're going, well, I normally spend $5,000 a month. This doesn't even get you through one month of continuing to operate your business the way that you did on an average month in 2019. So know that if you're considering applying now that they're going to, I mean, they're going to pass this bill. We're going to get another $310 billion. Um, I dug a little bit into looking at who is getting the loans, who got the previous $350 billion. Uh, the people that had an existing lending relationship with their bank, um, they are 79% by 79% getting their money faster. So if you are a small business and, and you've operated on a cash basis or income and receipts type of business and you've not ever really built that, that, that lending relationship with your bank, you're going to be in the 30% that's waiting to get your money. The people that have an established lending relationship with their current financial institution are getting their money a lot faster than everybody else. I, I talked to somebody the other day that got it in four days um, to help keep their business going. There are some, I found one thing that I thought was, was really cool. How many of you love Shake Shack? I love Shake Shack. I love their burgers. I love their fries. I love everything about them. Hashtag not an ad, but it should be. Um, but Shake Shack received $10 million through the Paycheck Protection Program. They are giving all $10 million of it back. Because their CEO said when they found out that the fund had run out of money and there were a lot, tons of small businesses that did not get to participate and did not get the loan, they gave all $10 million of their money back so that that money could be distributed to smaller businesses. Now, we don't see things like that very often, like very often at all. How often do you see a mega corporation like somebody like a Shake Shack go, all right, we got 10 million free dollars. But you know what? Instead of us taking that, we'll just take the hit and we're going to give the money back so that we can make sure that this program has enough funds to give to smaller businesses than ours that really need it. I, I just I think that we don't you, you know, we, we we hear so much bad. There's so much bad. I, I've gotten to the point where I, I don't even and can't even really turn on the news. I just I just can't because it's just all negative. So when I see something come across my desk like this, that's positive, I have to share it and I have to put it out there. I just think that it's so important. They gave all 10 million of it back so that smaller businesses could could hopefully get the money they need. Like I said, Senate, the Senate currently right now is negotiating and going back and forth on another 370 billion that would be available through these programs. Now, you've got two sides of this thing. You've got the Paycheck pr uh, Protection Program. You've also got the disaster relief loans. Now, the disaster relief loans are for businesses that can show that have had to completely shut down and are losing revenue and might lose their business. That's who those loans are for. And, and the process for getting all of those, I, I can only imagine is if you don't have a CPA that, that keeps up with all of, the, all of the income, all of the numbers, all of the payroll, 
okay, how much did we did we make on an average month amortized over 12 months? That's financial shit that I just I don't even want to think about. But I've taught my banker said that those were those were very in-depth processes uh, to figure out. Also, something that I had heard in the beginning was these loans, especially the disaster relief loans, were going to be available at like one percent interest. That is not the case. Those loans are at three point nine percent interest over 30 years. Basically, if you take any money from this disaster relief loan program, you're taking out a mortgage. That's exactly what it is. It's 3.9% interest over 30 years. So if you don't want another mortgage, which, hey, look, some people are not going to have an option. There are businesses that are going to, to go out of business. There are businesses that are going bankrupt. Neiman Marcus, we just found out over the weekend, has filed bankruptcy. Uh, you're going to see restaurant chains filing bankruptcy. This, this has been a, a, a huge and aggressive hit to our economy and many businesses that we rely on, that we count on. You're going to see a lot of these places going bankrupt. So hopefully they will get this thing figured out. They will get the, the programs funded more again with this $370 billion additional dollars. But it's kind of interesting. There's a website out there that if you want to keep track of, it's kind of interesting. It's called the it's uh, covidloantracker.com. And businesses are reporting the status of their loan and uh, grant payments. And so far, as of Monday, there have been reported there's been 12,541 applications, 941 loans uh, granted. Uh, $320 billion accounted for. Uh, the median employee count of a business that has applied and been granted these loans is 15 employees. And the average loan size is about $120,000. And it's been taking about nine days to get those funds. If you like this sort of thing and want to kind of keep track of it, because what I don't want to see and what I don't want to have happen here is these loans become golden parachutes. Uh, for a lot of these companies, I, I have a friend that lost his job um, permanently. And what I think is going on there is these owners are going to apply for these loans They're in grants. Some of them are grants that they're not even going to have to pay back. With the Paycheck uh, Protection Program, if you, if you use 75% or more of that to go directly towards paying employee salaries to keep them employed, not independent contractors, but you can consider yourself an employee of the company. If you use 75% or more of that money under the Paycheck Protection Program to pay employees or yourself to keep it going, then it's 100% forgivable. So it's like a grant. You're not paying it back to the government. Um. But my friend lost his job like like we're, they told him, we're, we're letting you go and we're not bringing you back. Because what I think a lot of companies are going to do and we need to be careful and we need there needs to be some oversight on this. Is I see these CEOs and business owners who had a upper small to mid-sized business that are going to find out that it's more economical to take the money from the government and never reopen. You know, some of these places are you know, getting 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, $2 million from the government that they're not going to have to pay back. Why would you reopen your business? 
I mean, if your business was making, you know, four or five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars a year and the government just doubled that, why wouldn't you why would you reopen? I'm afraid this is going to turn into golden parachutes for a lot of people. And it just shouldn't be because that's not what this money was intended to be used for. And like anything else, there's going to be rampant abuse within the system. And they're already starting to find some of that. So I don't know. You may not find any of this interesting. I do because I I like diving into the numbers. I like seeing what it is. Plus, it's very important to me that any of you out there that are listening to this podcast, that you guys know what your options are. I also want you to know what your expectations should be, because I had another friend that wanted to apply uh, for the Paycheck uh, Protection Program and was using the data based on how much they pay their quote unquote employees who are independent contractors, they thought they could get that amount of money to keep their business going. And then we find out that independent contractors do not count. If you are an independent contractor and you rely on another business for your income, then you have to apply through the Paycheck Protection Program on your own. The company that you work for, that you contract for, cannot apply and use you to get money. You have to do that on your own. So again, it's kind of one of those things where it's know the rules, know the rules of the game, play the game. Uh, it's not easy. It's not simple. Best case scenario is hopefully we come out of this thing very quickly. That's what I, I just keep going back to and saying, I just hope this is going to be over in May or June or July. And, and you can't turn on the news and and look for anything positive to find any facts because it's just again it's just like always it's all opinion based one channel saying this another one saying this I, I read something the other day that said we won't even be back to normal until 2022 so who knows nobody really knows i know there are talks right now of of reopening the country in processes and small steps uh, I know that I'm just ready to to get back to business as usual. This this has just been it's been horrible for businesses. It's been horrible for small business owners. It's been horrible for the entertainment industry. And you know that's the business I'm in. So I of course think of it first. But I also have a relative who owns uh, salons, and this has been very difficult on her because they're not allowed to open. They are not essential businesses. And so what do you do when, when you do something like that for a living? You can't open your salon because of restrictions and, and health code violations. They're not even able to do one-on-one appointments in people's homes legally to continue to make income. So this, and she's been put through all kinds of red tape trying to get into the disaster relief fund and also the paycheck protection program. So it's, it's not working the way that it was intended to work. And, and as always, the money is not going to the people who need it most. Again, if you add up all of the small businesses, that bit of revenue is what keeps this, comp- this country going. It's what keeps it running. So I wanted to share a little bit about what I had found. Good news and congratulations. Round of applause for Shake Shack. Getting their $10 million for in, their, in their grant, their loan, and then immediately giving it back, realizing that when the fund was out of money, there were people that could use it more. So where am I going when we're allowed to open back up and get over? I'm going to Shake Shack. I'm going to Shake Shack and I'm getting a double cheeseburger. I I should probably go get a haircut, but I'm kind of going with it. 
I'm, I think I'm going to just let it grow long again. It's been about 10, 12 years since I had long hair. Believe it or not, those of you watching the video version, I used to have hair that was like down to here. Honestly. Um, and I'm thinking about just letting it go. You know, this just one last chance before I start losing my hair altogether. It's already going gray. Anyway, I, I don't know if you guys were interested in that information at all, uh, but I find it interesting. Um, and those of you that need it, it they're going to they're going to get this other three hundred and seventy billion dollars. It's just it's inevitable. They're going to get it. And you need to apply for it. If you need it, you need to apply for it. If you've lost money, then you need to apply for it. If you need money to make it through the next three or four months, then you need to apply for it. But you need to know the rules uh, when you do that. If you're here in Nashville, um, I highly recommend that in this. Look, this is not a paid advertisement. This I highly recommend that you contact uh, Tanya Janetti at Legends Bank. They are a, they are a small business law, uh, SBA uh, approved lender. They're working with tons of people in the music industry, uh, in the publishing industry, in the entertainment world uh, to try to help them get past their uh, this period. Um, I highly recommend that you talk uh, to either Tanya or Dustin Newman over at Legends Bank. Um, they have been my personal bankers for years, um, and they're just great people, and they are there to help you if you need help answering questions, uh, getting you through the application, explaining it. They can help you. So that's it. I want to talk about that. Now, one of the things I want to shift directions a little bit. Um, I put something out on social media over the weekend. I did not realize that we are coming up. This episode you're listening to right now is episode 99. We are about to hit our 100th episode, which will also throw us into a new season of the podcast. It will be season six. Things are changing. I put a extremely long post on Facebook on Sunday explaining a little bit about the new direction. And I want to talk a little bit about that now. So I hope you'll stick with me. Um. I have said several times that I get tired talking about the music business. I get tired talking about all of that stuff. Um, I, I told somebody on the phone the other day, it, it gets into a situation where it's like, how many different ways can you kick a dead horse? Um, and that starts to get what it feels like. I'm not going to back totally away from the educational part of what I do, um, that will still be a piece and a part, but it's going to start taking a backseat. There are many other things that interest me, guests that I want to have on the show, a completely different format. So on May 4th, season six of the Steve Freeman podcast will launch and it will be a completely different format. We will be back in our old regular, which is, was brand new before all of this happened, so we're going to be back in the old, brand new podcast studios, completely redesigned studio. All the artwork's going to look different. Everything's going to look different. And the show itself will be different. Um, we are going to start segmenting the show so that it's a little bit longer, but we're going to talk about current events, current news. We're going to have, talk about sports. Uh, we're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about all the things that that you guys listen to this podcast for, but it's going to be in a more entertaining package. Not that you guys don't love just hearing me talk, but um, this has been something that, that I have wanted to do for a while. 
And that is make this the podcast more of a show and have on different kind of guests, whether it's celebrities or other people that I feel like you can learn things from that I could learn things from. Uh, but opening it up, I, I texted somebody yesterday. I told them they wanted they read my Facebook and text me and said, well, give me an idea of what this is going to look like and sound like. And the best thing I can say is it's a cross between Joe Rogan and Howard Stern. It's going to be that kind of thing. Great information. We're going to be still providing you awesome information that you can learn from, but in a more entertaining fashion. I'm going to have some reoccurring guests that are that are on the show constantly uh, that just add content uh, and do some fun things. And that's really what I want to do. The podcast has grown so much that I think it's it's at the point in the time where it's grown just beyond what it's been at this point. And you know, I miss my days of doing morning radio and being a morning show host and doing some fun things. And, and I really want to take the podcast in that direction. So May 4th, season six, will be a whole new format, a new show. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. I hope that you stick around um, and I hope that you will enjoy the new format uh, that the show will be. I know I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I hope you guys uh, will as well. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Steve Freeman podcast. Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast no matter where you're listening. Follow me on social media at the Steve Freeman on all social media platforms and join my inner circle. They know about all this stuff before everybody else does. You can do that at thestevefreeman.com. Guys, until the next episode, keep being creative, keep pressing the boundaries. And there's nothing wrong with being independent. See you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Freeman Podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Steve on social media at, at the Steve Freeman.